Alright, we're starting. This is episode four now. Um, I don't know. Episode four. Episode four. Uh, I don't really know if it's popular, and we'll see if it is. Uh, do you have, like, have, analytics that you can pull up or something? Is there, yeah, like, is actually, there, like, I do. Um, I can show you after. Uh, well, we'd have to have Wi-Fi for it, but I can show you afterwards. But we here we are with episode four, uh, and if you notice, there's two voices here. So I'm here with my good friend. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself, I guess. I'm not even going to say your name. Howdy. Uh, my name is Josiah. Last name Moggle. That's me. Where is that from? German? Moggle? German, I think. I don't know. I haven't really like looked it up, but I'm told it's German. Okay. He's German. You don't have to worry about it. I can look in his eyes and tell he's German. You can tell by my thick accent that I'm definitely German. <laughs> yeah, so he's German pretty much. Uh, so I've known Josiah for a really long time now. Uh, since, what, like 2011 now. So Was it 2000? I think it's a little earlier than that. No, so we started going to the same church uh, I remember the, September I remember 11th. Were, I remember the first day you came to church. There's yeah. a lot of stuff I don't remember because I'm just bad at that. But. Tell us what you do remember. Was I weird? No, I think you were just really quiet because you're nervous. Mm. Um, I'm very, very nervous all the time. I remember I'm nervous right now. <laughs> Are you actually? Always. Oh no, no, no! I'm not um, nervous. Don't worry. I remember the bean bags that we had in youth group okay. were there. There was like they basically looked like giant pillows as bean bags do, but these yeah. ones were like really, really big. Mm. And I remember you coming in. I don't even think I asked you. I'm pretty sure I just told you to sit down next to me because I was like, I saw you come in. And for some reason, I was a really outgoing child. I don't really consider myself not, outgoing Yeah, now, you're not anymore, at least. Uh, hmm. Like, you'll talk to people if, like, they're just there. Yeah. Um, I'm outgoing when I feel comfortable. If I'm, like, not in a comfortable situation, uh, but... What I remember from that day is just... Uh, so we we came to first service, but it was just, like, a skit because it was 9-11. Wait, really? They, yeah, they did a skit. Um, oh, my gosh. And then I remember... My mom knew someone there, and my mom's friend was like, yeah, he can go to youth group in the junior high room. That's that's not how she sounds, but um, that's me remembering back to, I don't know, uh, 11 or 12-year-old Isaac. And so they took me there, and it was just super overwhelming because I'd never been a part of a youth group. And so, like, you know... And this was a bigger church than yours. Oh, think, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it definitely um, is now. It's huge, but back then it was still pretty big. Well, so I just remember feeling really overwhelmed because I, like, the most people I've seen in one room, uh, well, because I was homeschooled, was probably, like, maybe as many people inside of there. To, so just to have people my own age that at that number, hmm. like, to have, like, 40-some kids my age in one room was just, like, in, insane. Shock. And then you also, yeah, you have, like, kids from public school, from homeschool. Not a lot of homeschooling, but more public school than private school. Mm-hmm. Like, that, too, was just, like, I don't know anybody here. I don't know who to talk to. And so, yeah, it was just kind of weird for me. Uh, very, like, I, I was going to shut down just start crying or something. I, okay, I was actually kind of going to ask that because my experience when I was, because I was homeschooled as well, mm-hmm. up until fourth grade, I think, and then I started going to Leo, and the culture shock, it's, well, yeah, the culture shock was really, it was intense, especially for a kid, because there's all these, like, you don't really think about it, because it's, it's imbued in everything you do, but there's all these, like, cultural little, like, rules and things that you don't really know about, and I just experienced them all at once, and uh-huh. so it was, like, 
I would, like, the first time I had any panic attack, which I've only had, like, maybe, like, three or four in my life, was coming home a couple of times from elementary school at Leo, and just, like, I would just, like, be breathing really heavy, and I would just, like, crash to the floor. It was super dramatic, but... Yeah, was I could really, see you doing that. Yeah, <laughs> emo, emo Josiah is just like going. I'm like, I was this not, is the I worst day. I did have long hair, but um, <laughs> miss those days. Yeah, it was just like, I mean, I'm glad it happened because it. I think it it made me a little bit less, I don't know, self conscious or or anything like. Because that was what it was. Is I was like, I didn't know what was going on, and I thought every little thing I did, like, am I doing the wrong thing, and then. Eventually, just learn not to care because no one really cares at public school. So, all right. So before we get too far, like deep into this, we're gonna do the snack, okay. um, which today, and I know you've already tried a little bit, and we've already had. I got hungry. One thing, yeah, no, no problem. That's on me. Um, so today we have mm-hmm. kombucha tea. Mm-hmm. I've never had it, or at least I don't think I have. So just a correction if I have had it in the past I just don't remember um, and then we also have gold flit gold flint goldfish <laughs> but not just any kind of goldfish uh, goldfish off, off brand goldfish goldfins <laughs> the whales cheddar whales Whale, those are good though They're, they are good they're surprisingly good I remember like that's what we grew up with my, my I don't know if it's because we well, were like poor or my, my grandma would get them mm. and I wasn't mad about it <laughs> they were good <laughs> They're like more crackery. They're not as soft. Yeah, yeah, and they're kind of sweet. Well, they're which a is man's goldfish. Anyway, <laughs> not just any goldfish. Flavor blasted goldfish hmm. with extra cheddar. cheddar yeah. yeah, X, not yeah. ex. Whatever. How do you guys? No other words. Yep. Just extra cheddar. So we're gonna go ahead and try this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already been kind of like munching a little I bit. Already grab some. Yeah. But uh, we're gonna rate this stuff and. Mm. Have some feedback here, so I'm gonna take a sip of my tea. Yeah, the tea. I, I did. Even... I did describe it earlier when I, because um, I've had kombucha oh, it a few bad. times. Don't smell I, it. I like kombucha. Um, the one that I told him to get was the I think it was like ginger limeade or ginger lemonade or something. Gingerade. Um, Straight up tastes like apple cider vinegar. <laughs> so not good. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's like. An acquired taste, maybe? It, it is. So I really, really like strong flavors. and mm. That's why we got extra. Ginger cheddar. ale. I like really strong ginger ale and definitely, stuff like that. Definitely so that's why I like swig. this. Yeah, don't take a bit. It's a sipper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when I described it to Isaac, I said it was like, what was it? Like if soda and tea had a baby. I'm letting it... like. Sit on my tongue. I can tell this is gonna be like the first and last time you experience it. <laughs> no, I'll probably have it again. I know a lot of people that drink it like socially because they don't drink like alcohol. Mm. And we actually have like a kombucha like tap place in Louisville apparently. Oh yeah, there's one. Uh, there's a breakfast place near uh, the mall. They have uh, kombucha on tap, but some of their flavors are really bad. Hmm. I tried a couple and. Uh, well, anyways, yeah. yeah so. There's one of those there. I might go back. And, I don't know. Maybe oh, it'll taste a little better. I should better. be specific. The one I'm doing is ginger berry. So it's like a blueberry ginger, which I've had the one that he's had before, and I still like that one better. But Are they all ginger flavor? Like I don't ginger? think so, but it's just popular because... Well, since I've never had kombucha before, and I don't really know like what to compare it to. I'd say that this kind of... It's pretty good. The GT Dave is what his name is. It's it, healthy too, right? They say it is. I don't really... I mean, sure. Is it better know. than, like, what I usually drink? 
Oh, there's like instructions. It's better than soda. The, there's sure. instructions. Hold up. Begin with. Oh, did you shake it? Oh, yeah, I shook it. There's like particles. Oh, I, I figured that much. Yeah. I looked and saw them. Uh, begin the with a sip of liquid life and a bold bite that's undeniably elect- electric? Yeah, electric. Yeah. I would say it's electric. It kind of <laughs> burns going down your throat. Which is a, I think that's. It, it doesn't I like really that. taste alcoholic. Though. I like that about cider, though. So like, mm, yeah. Uh, the last episode I did, I had cider, and I was like, mm, mm, it's in the season stuff. right now. I've been having it a couple times. It has not disappointed. Oh, the taste that transforms so you within. Okay, so like, maybe it is good for you. I mean, my mom thinks so. Evie thinks so. I mean, I don't. I don't All right, so I'm gonna. Pop so open the goldfish. We're gonna get some fishies in this I mean, stomach. I definitely know how these taste. I can tell you. Um, um I think these is the best flavor of goldfish. I would ever. agree. And what th- what this reminds me of is when I was younger, Mark Stuffelbin, one of my best friends growing up, we would go or I would go to his house mm. and we would play like black ops zombies as, you know, every like teenage boy does, but and we would have a box of these. And we would go through an entire box while we're playing video well, games. And we'd stay up like super late and keep playing. And then his mom would get mad at us because we went through the whole box of goldfish. Even though that, it was mostly me. <laughs> remember that time, though, that I went to your house and I'd stay there like the whole weekend. And like you didn't have anything in your like pantry snack wise. So we just ate graham crackers and frosting. I, I don't I think we watched I think Monty I kind Python of that. that same week. Was that, was Joe there too? I feel like he was. Does Joe, does Joe listen to this podcast? I have no idea. I hope so. We'll find out. Hi, Joe. That reminds me of uh, the Joe. Time. Joe, you might want to be more spe- I don't oh, know. Oh, Joe Quaz. Yeah. K-V-A-S. But the it's somehow pronounced Quaz. The one that's in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, I don't know what oh, we're saying. Oh, yeah. We're doing no. like uh, we did a lot of scale of 10. Look, mine's all foamy. We did a lot of Mario Kart that weekend. That's all I really remember. Did we always play Mario Kart? We have to. It's a go-to. Um, rating... I already kind of said it. Um, for not having any kombucha before, I think it's it's okay. It's probably not going to be like my first grab. You're not going to offend me. Give me your honest. Oh no! I like like I said. I'm not going to sound like I'm going to be my first grab. I'm more of like a sweet tea drinker, mm. but not like straight sweet tea like Arnold Palmer. Mm. So like something mixed in with my tea. Um, I don't even know what kombucha is supposed to be. Like it's where just does it come it's from? fermented. It's fermented, not. Uh, past the point of alcoholic, so it's like a little. That's so, why it has to be refrigerated. Okay, when okay. You buy it. So that's kind of why it burns. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has a little bit of alcohol content, that's but not probably that why it like, smells a little bit too. Does it smell? I, didn't I mean, mine does. Oh yeah, it does smell. Mine smells good actually. Get a whiff of that. It smells like a flower. Kind of yeah, it does. Mine's like yours. Mine, just, yours just smells kind of bad. Mine basically <laughs> smells like, like vinegar. apple cider <laughs> <It smells laughs> vinegar. Like vinegar. Um, and the only reason I know what apple cider vinegar tastes like a lot is because that's what we would get, like, mm. when I was in trouble. Like, my mm. mom would be like, go, go drink two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. Yeah. We you would drink it when stomach. we had sore throats, which just was absolutely miserable. Yeah. It was the last thing I wanted to do. But. Yeah, and then, like I said, the goldfish, 100%. They're just good. A, a plus. It's, it's, it's too nostalgic not to like. The snack that smells bad. bad. But it's not bad, so it's perfect. I would always put them on my pizza. What? Yeah. It's actually kind of good. It's like crunchy. Mm. I don't know. But anyway, so here we are. Um, we're actually outside of Fort Wayne now. We're 
in, I guess this is Leo. This is my hometown. Yeah. A town. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it's you like. Said, you just said town with quotation marks. Like I don't, like I don't live in a real place. It's not good enough. You live in a house. That's about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, Leo is a very small town. Yeah. And it's like next to another small town. It's like next to Grayville. And that has Amish it's in it. It's not Grayville. If that, if it's that says, hey, we're talking about the Amish now. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> It has Amish in it, if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that means it's pretty small. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Amish bleed over into Leo sometimes. You see some you see some wagons, some do horses. Do you go to Leo High School? Leo Junior, the, Senior High School? I, actually, I, that's funny you say that, because I had a friend in um, Leo Junior, Senior High School. Yes, because they're combined. Um, that's why I was specific about it. Yes. And actually, what was his name? His name was Peter. I think it was Peter. And I remember, so this is funny. So I loved rock climbing when I was younger. You still um, do, though. I still do, yeah. I just don't do it as often. But when we had a, a rock wall that went across. <laughs> you good? We, went around, no. we had a, a rock wall that went across the gym. And it was my favorite thing. It was awesome. I'm so glad we got to do that. And so instead of climbing up, we would climb, uh, would that be, horizontally. And so. Wait. I think enough kids took it like so that. seriously that. They started uh, planning a competition, and so I don't think they still do it to this day. Maybe they do, but I remember, I remember to this day the winners of the competition. It was Will. I think it was Will Loninger was his name. I feel like I know that name, but that's just an Amish last name. <laughs> he, well, he's not Amish. He was like I feel very, like he probably was. He's like Amish. one of those kids that's like popular, but he kind of deserves it because he's like just a really nice kid. Hmm. So I was always trying to compete with Will. Uh, for the best time on this wall. Basically, you go from one end to the other. And then the, the day of the tournament, we all go, and I got second by, like, I think it was, like, so I had 52 seconds, he had 52 seconds, but it was, like, point something. So it's, uh-huh. like, I lost by, like, 2.2 seconds. So I was, like, kind of upset about that. But did you, did you push him off the wall? No, we, we took turns. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't all at the same time. <laughs> Complete hey, I don't know. I was like, are you guys on a mountain? <laughs> that sounds like a wipeout. Um, no, so... Wipeout. <laughs> so, we, uh, the, the first, second, and third place winners of the competition, which, which were in order Will, myself, and Peter. Peter was the Amish kid. Mm. We were going to go take a picture. And Peter didn't want to take a picture oh, because yeah. I don't He's know... He's probably freaking out. Some people aren't aware of this or not, but a lot of Amish... Um, maybe... I, I hope I'm not wrong. I may be saying this wrong, but I believe a lot of Amish don't like having their pictures yeah, taken because it's so, like um, their soul is captured or something. I don't know, something weird like that. We but. used to live across from the Amish, and like they would babysit us. And if you like go over to their house, they don't have pictures on the wall. Yeah, like it's just like so they definitely don't like their they don't do pictures. They store it in their memory. I, I guess. The good old fashioned. I mean, they, with the food they eat, they probably got they're good. <laughs> we don't have to worry about the Amish. They've got it figured out. Um, I mean, they are a cult, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I thought it was so cool that Peter didn't want to have his picture taken because I didn't know about the Amish not having their pictures taken. I just thought he didn't want his picture taken. Did he wear, like, Amish get-up? Yeah. Yeah, he did. It was weird, but I just didn't really care. I don't know why. Um, and so we were all going to take a picture, and I thought 
Peter not taking a picture was so cool. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to sit with Peter. And like, I just sat there and we watched as everyone else had their pictures taken. <laughs> so instead of having first, second, and third place winners, we just had the first place winner guy have his picture taken. And then everyone else as a whole take their picture taken. And in neither of those pictures am I in there. Neither is Peter. So I think you're just making up the whole thing and, and like, this guy just beat you and you're just like sad. And so no, you just weren't in the picture. I was bitter about it. I mean, the fact that I remember it to this day is probably only because I'm bitter that I wow. lost. You need to go repent or ask for forgiveness. I'm sorry if someone wants to hear oh, some yeah. So we're also, um, no, don't worry about it. Um, we're also outside. So this is the first ever episode that we're having outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a suggestion from Josiah. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> as long as I don't get eaten up by bugs. So we're here in the park. It's kind of dark out. Um, thankfully, since we're in a smaller town, we're less likely to get, like, messed with or whatever. There's, like, zero yeah. crime that yeah. happens here. so, like, I mean, <laughs> the Amish. <laughs> They're all in bed anyway. There were um, some uh, shotgun holes and a stop sign not too far away. But yeah, but that's probably just people having fun. Yeah, that's like a 14-year-old with a BB. Yeah, if that happened in Fort Wayne, they'd be arrested. It's, yeah. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, we're outside, and it's kind of fun. Um, but anyway... Yeah, you can kind of, so if I just, we can paint a picture. We're at the, they have a bunch of gazebos. And from what I'm looking at right now, in front of me is like, they have their restrooms and then they have like the splash pad. And then you look to the left and there's volleyball courts, like sand courts. And then they have like the lake in the middle and then more the gazebos. Lake. You mean pond? The pond. Uh, it's, but it's connected know. to a lake some, somehow. I mean, um, all bodies. And then behind us. Well, I'm just staring at a tree. That's pretty much it. Well, have you been back there before? Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically a, a path, and there's just a little, like, flower forest thing. But I'm looking at a tree. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. It's pretty tree. Yeah. tree Pretty dark. We're, the, like, pretty much the only ones in this park. So if you can hear the little crickets, cricketing, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's not like we have a bunch of crickets in this house, and mm. I don't know. But, uh, so anyway, I have, like... I have two topics that we can talk about here. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll let you choose since you're the guest. And okay. You know. Um, so basically... Nope, next topic. That's too personal. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, we can talk about something very personal if you want. <laughs> oh. uh, so basically, I have the topic of leadership. We can talk about that, mm. which I think would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that a lot, anyways. I feel we could, like we could do, we could just do that. Or there's also the topic of morality. Hmm. So, whoa, what's your pick? Those are interesting and deep. I thought it was gonna be like, tell me about your, I don't know. We can get to that later. High school. <laughs> tell me your your deep, deepest darkest secret right now. Deepest darkest secret. Um, yeah. Hmm. All ears are listening. Just don't cuss because uh, we're let's clean. See. I don't really swear. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Deepest, darkest secret. Um, I don't know. What is my deal? I don't know. I'll have to dwell I feel on like that I could probably get it. I don't, I, I don't think you know what my actual deepest, darkest secret is. Wow. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> he's hiding stuff from me. Okay, so... <laughs> You know mine. So, there we go. Hmm. I don't do anything that dark, though. Hmm. So, that's not like I've killed anybody. He used to be a heroin addict. Me? I don't think so. <laughs> but we then again. Remember <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, morality or leadership? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I've been, I kind of want to talk about both because they both sound interesting. How about yeah? Well, we the morality is like that sounds. What if we do both? Especially what if we, what if we mix, mix mix them together? Stuff. Morality and leadership. Because there is part of leadership that's like, are you being a good leader and like, mm. a, uh, I don't know, a promoter of like of what is right, right things, or are you like being a bad leader and promoting like let's bad let's things? let's do this. Let's have a let's just talk about leadership. Let's first. Let's talk about leadership, and then we can inject it with a little bit of morality here and, and there. And then if we want to go really deep, we can do <laughs> or vague, I guess we can do morality. But let's start with leadership. Sure. So, um, we're both leaders mm. at our restaurants. I would argue everyone is a leader in some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're not going to argue though. Um, I'm not a very argumentative person. Mm. Uh, I would just end up agreeing with you, probably. <laughs> um, so we're both leaders. We're different leaders, probably. I mean, we do a lot of things the same way, but everybody has their own style. Uh-huh. So I guess first, I think what I want to ask is what to you, what are the qualities of a good leader? It's mm. a great question. So basically, um, yeah, who would you follow and what are the quality traits of that person? So who would I follow? Mm-hmm. That's, okay, so I would... Is that a different question? Than it's kind of a different question, okay. but I, I think it kind of leads into what makes a good leader. Well, if you want to discuss or share, like, what you think makes it a different no, I, question... I, I can, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. So um, I think what... Man, such a, like, a... I feel like there's, like, a weight of responsibility in how I answer this. I mean, um, everybody, like, again, everybody's different. So, so like, there's not really a right or I a wrong answer unless they're a bad leader. <laughs> and then that's I think the type of leaders that I am drawn towards or the ones that I am, I feel like I, I am, uh, I want to follow mm-hmm. are the ones that have a vision that is sort of bigger than themselves, hmm. where they have, like, a goal that's just, just barely attainable. It's not even necessarily a goal. It's more of, like, a... A pipe dream? <laughs> Not a pipe dream. It's like a, a like a mission, or I mean, it really is just a vision mm-hmm. of of some sort of future, you know. And so they have goals. Yeah, and I, they they actually want to improve instead of like stay the same. Right. Um, well, I just like I think I think I like the idea of following a person that's not trying to not trying to it, it's not like a, a means to an end it's like their vision is simply their vision like mm-hmm. I think companies um, I think a, in business terms a lot so I think companies that that follow their vision really really well and they and they don't have their number one priority is like trying to meet uh, shareholder expectations when they can just uh, accomplish or reach towards that vision I think that's when that's what in my mind is like a really right. good company as long as it you know and I think well, as long as with the that, vision I the, agree with the vision also has to be something that still makes you better no matter what mm-hmm. so like when I think of our vision as a business or a company mm-hmm. like when I think of it it's always pushing you to do better it's not like you achieve something and then you're just that's it do you, you know not like your means to the end I'm gonna test you do you remember the the Chick-fil-A I mean vision? I remember parts of it basically mm-hmm. it's um something for God's glory and be good stewards of the stuff we have. I still have that one memorized. It's uh, to glorify God by being faithful stewards yeah, yeah, of yeah. everything that's entrusted to us and to have a positive impact on all those who, who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Right. I, I, so with my job, I emphasize the stewardship a lot mm-hmm. um, just because, I mean, working in the back of house a lot more, you don't get a whole ton of mm-hmm. guest interaction. 
and I've actually started working out front more, as you know. So mm-hmm. like I work out front now, um, but since I, I guess I probably work more in the back still. A lot of it is being good and faithful stewards of what we have, mm-hmm. um, and then also like, oh, yeah. you know, making sure um, fellow coworkers, I mean, really friends, eventually are you know healthy and in good st- standards as well because that impacts the output that we do yeah. a lot um but yeah i mean real quick also on the other par- the other part of the question just to just to give that a brief mm-hmm. uh, answer um when i think of a good leader i tend to say- think of someone that's not necessarily like you wouldn't think of the traditional leadership qualities i think of someone that um is a good servant leader because I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. a big fan of servant leadership. I, mean, I think you men- mentioned that as I well. I think serv- servant leadership is actually, um, as Christians, I think that's what we're supposed to model. Yeah. So, like, um, I mean, I've read that leadership book uh, by North House, I think. That's like the college, like the secular college textbook. Mm. And it talks about all the different types of leaderships. It talks about their pros and their cons. Mm. Basically, it, it ripped a lot on servant leadership, but as I was reading it, I was like, well, this is more biblical than any mm. of the rest of the leadership models. Um, it's been a while since I've read that book, like two years, so I don't remember mm. everything, but I remember reading it, and yeah. Well, because, so go, where those two questions um, kind of come in contact, is that a limousine? Oh, no. Is it? No, it's a couple of bikers. Never mind. Um... The oh, props crap. are being now I, lost my, now I lost my train of thought. The bridge um, between qualities of leader and um, what leader you would follow. Yeah. Oh shoot. What was I just follow say? Jesus? Um, is so it's so when I think of servant leadership, I'm not thinking of like self-sacrificial leadership, um, which I mean that is what Jesus did. Is he did sacrifice himself? Yeah. But um, I oh now the bikers are. They're coming to get us. We'll get them. Um, oh, pinchy bug, right there, like the, right there. Oh wow, look at that guy. Cool. Um, so yeah, so I think of basically it, it's not, it's not self-sacrificing. Although I, I guess sometimes it is, but I think of um, servant leadership, and it's like you're a servant to the vision. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it go, goes back into why. I'm drawn towards uh, leadership that sort of has a really clear vision. That's, I mean, that's where they kind of connect is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess th- I have a couple more questions about your leadership. Sure. Um, so, I guess, what are the leadership traits that you try to have in your own leadership and then like what do you think you do like poorly or things that you think you could do better in leadership well, so kind of like you know what character traits do you think you portray in your mm-hmm. leadership or which ones do you try to and then which ones do you think you're either weak or like you could get better in hmm. that you would I mean want to make a part of the other list see the problem is you ask that question and I think in my head I can think of all the ways that I'm weak in terms of leadership so we it's are, hard to like be weak. like, well, I'm really strong when it comes to this. It's I mean, like, you probably do have something you're really strong at, but it's been a while since I've worked with you, so. Um, I don't, 
Yeah, it's gonna be easier for me to list the things that I'm <laughs> that I'm weak at. We'll do that, and then yeah, I, I'll just tell you. I'll glorify you. And oh, you wow. Okay. <laughs> um, fishing for compliments. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, I feel okay. I'll, I'll actually answer a little bit differently. So, I think what I've been getting better at mm-hmm. is sort of a balance in terms of confrontation, where um, I was sort of not taught but like from what I've seen by a lot of other people especially at work was a very like dogmatic approach to leadership and mm-hmm. a very like my way or the highway and um, lots like of domineering yeah lots of yeah. conflict and there wasn't really any thought behind whether or not you hurt someone's feelings or not and I'd like to think that I tended away from that and I was trying more so not to hurt people's feelings just because I saw that which is kind of strange because if you know me, my personality, I'm very blunt, pretty honest. So I tend to accidentally hurt people's feelings sometimes. Yeah. But it was, in, in terms of leadership, I was never, I, I never tried to like, you know, tear anyone down. Um, however, more recently, I think that I try to push myself to be okay with it being uncomfortable, which is really important. I think that has to happen because you have to have certain conversations with people that neither one wants to have. So yeah, and I kind of think of it like, um, sorry, I think of it like um, weight training. Actually, the mm. more like it hurts or like is sore, the more you're building. So like if yeah. it if it's something you're uncomfortable with, um, I think if you push through, you become a better leader. Kind of yeah. like perseverance times thing, like. Yeah, And so much of it has to do with like intentionality where you can mess up a million times at that whole confrontation part but if your intentions behind it are good you'll get better at it and mm-hmm. I think that's that's a, a good <laughs> it's a good measure is if you can go back and compare yourself to your previous yeah. uncomfortable conversations and be like okay this was you know I learned this about this person and you know and I, so, I know how to better approach this scenario and this just reminds me a lot. So, I'm I'm still in school, as you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm reading a book, and it's actually like the the title of it is actually "How to Love Your Child," uh, or something like that, by Dr. Ross Campbell. How to love your child. And it, he was talking about how, you know, kids tend to have more of an emotional response to anything in the world because you know that's kind of like when you're brought into the world as a baby, the only way you can show what you're thinking is through those emotions, you know, you're angry, you cry, you want a bottle, you want food. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still do that, and you just kind of grow up and less less use that thing. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of interesting. Um, I just read a chapter today. I read the whole book today, which I don't even know how I did that. Maybe I need to go back and reread it. But um, he was talking about how um, you can show your feelings through like eye contact and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and how important eye contact is yeah and so with leadership i was thinking about it it's like i think a little bit what you were saying is like actually talking to people and like trying to break those barriers is making the eye contact so that way you know it comforts it a little bit i don't know if i don't i don't exactly see how I thought that would be connecting to what you were saying. Oh but, no, that's that um, definitely make that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. those awkward conversations, that's a huge part is body language. Mm-hmm. And what you said reminded me. So I, I read a book 
not too long ago. Look at us reading books. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great at it. <laughs> well, um, but this was, I forget the name of the author, but it's an FBI agent. Um, I think he's retired at this point, but he wrote a whole book. It's just called Body Language, <laughs> and it goes through just every single signal that you could possibly think of in terms of body language, and... You know, he kind of explains that, like, it's not just about one signal. Like, if you just, if someone looks to the right, it doesn't always mean they're lying. Yeah. But there's certain patterns and uh, clusters and, you know, these, like, when someone does it a lot, then you're like, okay, this clues me in. And I think, I didn't really think it helped at first. I think I just thought the book was really interesting. Mm -hmm. But then I realized later on, I would experience a situation and then I would look back at it and I would realize... I did something that was in the book. So in, instead of like being able to observe people's body language better, I think, well, maybe I am doing that, but I've noticed more so my own body language and then I'm able to tell myself, it just helps me process my own emotions where I'm like, yeah. oh, so in that moment I felt really on guard or yeah. I was really, you know. So you're more in touch with your emotions now? I, I don't know. I mean, I think processing... Yeah, I mean, processing your emotion is just, it's just, it, you're just fast track getting to the end point, which mm -hmm. to me is nice. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck in like the bitter phase of an experience for a long amount of time. If I can talk it through, literally sometimes saying stuff out loud, literally, sometimes just saying to yourself, like, I'm angry right now. Mm -hmm. Sounds really cheesy, but for someone like me, I think it helps. Yeah, yeah. So it's book, just, book it's just, good. I thought. It was really good for me to read. So it's it's written, this book that I'm reading is written to parents. And of course, like, I don't have any kids or anything. I mean, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So I'm just like reading it. And I'm just like, it's really interesting to see those, those things because they're talking about kids using these. And I'm like, well, I think adults do this too. Oh, yeah. And so I think one of the things, the big takeaways for me was as I was reading it, I was like, I can take this and like you were kind of doing with that body language book is apply it to myself and make sure that I'm doing these things really well um, since I am in a position where I'm above people and you know like I want to be both a servant leader but then also I want to be someone that people follow as well and then you know put those good traits on um, display so like following you know pathway or whatever which I've never been the best at but you know uh, hopefully I'm getting better. Um, Pathway, by the way, is uh, Chick-fil-A's basically dictionary of standards. Or, or, yeah, I don't, I don't and know it's, how it's you changing would, all the time, it's too. Changing That's all the, the hard time. thing. That's what I'm like. Things that I was doing five years ago are still like... Are, some of those are like, you can't do these anymore. I'm just like, this is so weird. Like This yeah. is something I've been doing since the I, beginning. Um, so I'm in charge of... So I don't know if I if I took away from what you were saying. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, so I'm in charge. I mean, I have been in charge of like clean and safe environment at mm -hmm. my location. Um, so I really did a huge deep dive on Pathway, and I pretty much looked at every single cleaning procedure. I have it saved on my computer. I've read every single one of them, and I really want to be able to do it, do everything like 100%. I want that like that clinical right. level of like clean and safe well, that, like, that like NASA I mean, has you also want to be you also want to be the model of people like they're following you 
because you're doing it yeah. and because you're saying this is how Pathway says to do it, so this is how we're going to do I it. I wish yeah. I could say it was that noble, but I think, honestly, part of it is just I'm a perfectionist and I want it to be. Hey, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> so, Obviously, it's a good thing for your store. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I genuinely believe we probably have the cleanest um, fast food restaurant in at least Fort Wayne. I, I, I really I'd probably think agree so. with that. I mean, as I far mean, as fast food restaurants, I, it's definitely up there. So, anyways, yeah, I, I there's things like um, like when we clean the floors. I looked at the procedure and the process. There's a really creepy song playing in the background. I don't know where that's coming from, it's, but um, there's like a football game or something. Oh yeah, that's right. So, and the process like it involves like you can't clean a patch of floor that's like larger than like ten square feet, and you have to do like uh, each ten square feet at a time, and you have to do a process of you have to scrub it squeegee it mop it then rinse it which mm-hmm. i was which was news to me you basically have to go back with water then squeegee it again yeah and then you have to repeat that for every 10 foot square and i was like oh, man i would love to do this the right way but that is just not feasible right yeah <laughs> so like, yeah so we do the best we can yeah and the way my store does it is we do we, we put down the soap, we scrub it, and then we rinse it, and yep. then we squeegee it. So you guys well, do I mean, do the rinsing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's kind of interesting. Most of the stores that I've worked, like, Glenbrook Square is the only one that didn't do that. Really? Yeah. And I never really questioned it because I didn't oh. know there was a correct procedure. That makes me feel like I'm definitely needing to go back and start um, enforcing that or something. So one of the, one of the reasons you rinse it is because, especially behind the fryers, it gets all the rest of the oil up. Mm. Um, I thought it had to do with like it was breaking down the grout in the um, brick. It can also do with that, yeah. But a lot of it is like the oil as well. Gotcha. It gets it gets everything out. It, I mean, it might have to do with something more with the the mortar, but our mortar, yeah. some of the, our squares need to fasten down. So I don't know. I think it's at just your location gonna, or at Glenbrook? Oh uh, no, at mine. Yeah, because it's both. We we have yeah, it needs work. Our, we have a really old location, like like physically the the. Equipment. You just need to burn down the mall. <laughs> so, anyways, we're gonna burn down the mall. No. Um, hey, I mean, sure, why not? Well, actually, so I don't know if you knew about this or not, but the wall where the dish sink is, they have to tear that out. Really? The whole wall. They're, we're gonna be closed for I think like one or two days. See, I heard about the prep table and how it has to be moved back. It's just, oh man, it's rough. OSHA just came in and decided to find the dumbest things to to try and get us on, and. I don't. I think I'm allowed to talk about this. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty sure I can, but you know, like there's things that there's things that are like important. Why. Like, hey, you need to make sure that your sprinklers work, and mm-hmm. like maybe your vents should be covered in mold or that kind of thing. <laughs> OSHA's like, no, you can't have um, a, a shelf that's on wheels in front of this uh, thing that we never use because if the fire department comes in, it's gonna. It was just. It was. It doesn't. So it, it they're talking make, about the dish rack. Then? They're talking about the um, the panel. What's it called? Where you flip switches, the breaker panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so the prep tables there. Yeah, yeah the yeah. prep table. But then any of them. We have two other ones, and there cannot be anything. It's like anything within like three feet or something. Yeah. So I knew about that. But it's so easy to move that stuff, and it's since we are in such a confined space. Right. It's so hard because we just have to like move an entire. Oh, it's rough. Well, what's really annoying about ours is it's, like, in our sauce room. Mm. So it's, like, we have all of the sauces that we use for the... I wish I could show you. 
Um, when you say sauce room, I just think of like a room that has one drain. You just fill it up with sauce and you like bottle. That's where we make the chick fil A sauce. Where we actually, make the sauce. we have two people. <laughs> we have two people just back there stirring sauce, making Chick Fil A sauce all day. It's like a uh, steam room, but it's, it's kind of like you know when the, in those movies where they they make bricks and like walk around and make the. That's stuff. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Or like grapes. You just you just have people back there stomping on Chick Fil A <laughs> sauce fruit or yeah. whatever next to the the chicken slaughterhouse. But any like we have all of our sauces that we use for the day. Like we have a storage thing, mm-hmm. um, but we unbox like all the sauce we're gonna use for the day, and we have it all in one wall, and then we. Like do the FIFO thing or FIFO or whatever you want to pronounce you it. You unbox all the sauce you use for the day? Yeah. How do you know how much sauce you're going to use that um, day? You just guess and then have a little wiggle room? Well, I mean, there's Excuse there's me. more than we use in a day. So there's probably like, uh, at least I know for Chick-fil-A sauce, there's, um, I've been doing the math. So we have enough room on that wall to put 10 cases of Chick-fil-A sauce and we go through about seven, seven and a half on a Saturday. Wow. Um, so, I mean, we have plenty. So as long as we have that wall full, we know that we're going to make it through the rest of the day. Huh. Um, and quite possibly half the next day. And then, like, on the weekday, we probably go through, like, six boxes. So do you just – this is what I'm imagining because you said sauce wall. Yeah, I'm yeah. imagining you go to one end of the shelf and just basically push it all the way – like, push everything down. Um, and so it's like you're fifoing. You just have, like, your sauce. So what we do – so they're in bins, like, your store up front. And what you do is you just take one off and you place the empty one – in that spot hmm. and we have that for all the sauces and we also have like cob salad kits put together so we have cutlery kits with the red bell peppers and like napkins or mm-hmm. whatever and then we have southwest kits and yeah. market kits and all those um so we have all that like in the one room and um i forget how we got onto that but that's where our yeah. that's where our panels are so like we have to like be very careful because we also do like tray liners in there so we have to take down the table we do the tray liners on every night because of that those uh panels yeah mm. it's kind of a hassle but i feel like i didn't even answer the question about like my style of leadership or mm. what i'm good or bad at yeah let's get back to that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i still don't know how to answer it but um well like what are some things that you think you do bad or mm. good i guess maybe, maybe um, i can tell you your style of leadership from some that some things i need to work on um, man, there's so much. <laughs> Everything. Uh, in a sense, yeah, but there are some things I'm that you're really trying about. hard to just like pick people and develop them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have a little bit of experience like developing individuals, but I feel like I'm picking favorites when I do it. So I don't want to like pick a person and then just like develop them like crazy. I just yeah. want them to like succeed and do super well and learn every thought. I'm just. Have them learn all the stuff that I know, and, uh-huh. and then I'm like, well, if I do that, like, I don't know if I can do that with like three or four people. So I have to do that with you know two. maybe one or two people, yeah. but that's hard because you know I don't want to pick favorites. So I was kind of recently I was just trying to think about that. I'm like, well, how do I decide who I choose to develop? And I was having a conversation with my boss, sort of, sort of about that, about like how do I, you know can I just pick a person and be like, hey, can I teach you this thing? It's pretty much like, yeah. <laughs> like, you can just, you know, if someone is... Someone shows the effort. For, like for me, what, I, what is... What makes me want to teach someone something or develop them 
and and that kind of stuff is if they look like if if they're showing that they want to do it or if mm-hmm. they want to get better and if they want to learn that to me is like okay whoever wants to learn the most or whoever wants this the most um i'm going to choose that person the problem with that sometimes is when you have a bunch of candidates and this isn't happening for me personally but i've seen this in general happen yeah. is that when that is your approach you have what is called the rat race where people are just so competitive that they forget what they're trying to do, like the goals of what they're trying to do. Um, I've seen that a couple of times where you gotta be really, really careful as a leader um, how you make incentives. Yeah. Because if you set up a competition, people love competitions and they will they will wanna win. So if you if you incentivize <laughs> people to simply win that competition, that, that can be fine, but uh-oh, the cops are rolling in. We might be in trouble. Nice. We'll see here. I'm going to see if he shuts this down. But um, if you don't in- incentivize it really carefully, then what's going to happen is they're going to, they're going to, they will meet your goals, but we don't have to pause here. This is a, there's literally a cop that like pulled up on us. Should we pause? Sure. Okay. Okay. We're back. That <laughs> was, that was interesting. So the cop rolled up on us and I thought he, we were going to get like kicked out. I mean, it's only 8.30, so... I didn't realize... Okay, so he's looking for someone, apparently, and it's not us, because neither of us fit the description. <laughs> apparently... I, mean, I do oh, have a look, backpack. Look, there's another cop car over there. That's... I don't like this. Are they going to kill no, us? No, it's exciting. This is awesome. Dude, what if she is somewhere... What if she walked past? So mo- some girl is missing, is what the guy said. Some girl with a book back. Hmm. Book pack? Backpack? Book bag, backpack, whatever. Yeah, so like, I have a backpack. But. So hopefully she's all right. But that's that's crazy because um, when I was much younger, something not too dissimilar happened around here where we were taking a walk with our whole family, and we we uh, parked our van in Grable, and we were walking. Some of us were on our bike, I think, bikes. And, um, <laughs> Your bike. bike. Yeah. And uh, as we're walking back to the van, I think we went to Grable to get some ice cream or something. As we're walking back to the van, our family gets gets stopped by a cop and we're like you know i'm a little kid so i was kind of scared and my family was like really confused like why are we getting stopped by these cops and um we're almost to the van and he's like hey is this your van we're like yeah (laughs) and he goes okay so there's a van that matches this exact description that is uh we're trying to find a person that basically has that exact same vehicle and we were the only ones parked in that area and so we, we we got to back to the van and there was like a cop car and stuff and it was they searched it but like by not searching it they like peeked through the windows and they're like yeah we found out it was a family van because we saw the car seat and all that stuff and so. that's funny anyway uh, the only time I get talked to by the cops is literally getting kicked out of parks so I was actually like, well, yeah that's so, funny um, you know how we live like right across from Shove Park yeah so like um, my sophomore year of college like I would just go over there and walk throughout the night to like clear my head yeah and a lot of times i would get stopped and like sent home mm. um because they're like hey it's like getting pretty late technically we would give you like a, some sort of ticket or like arrest you or whatever but walking like, around yeah i mean like i wasn't i mean you know me i'm not doing anything yeah, no. i'm literally just walking and clearing <laughs> my head but i've been sent home a couple Heaven times forbid you breathe the oxygen in that area <laughs> yeah there was one time i was like with some i was with corbin and stuff and like he comes over and he's like hey so what are you what are y'all doing because we were sitting in that parking lot um outside in the parking lot uh with the frisbee golf 
Mm. And he's like, so what? What are y'all doing? And it was like it was like eleven thirty, and like obviously, you know, if you're doing something wrong, you can tell usually yeah. within the first thirty seconds of interacting oh, yeah. with someone. Oh yeah. So like, it, as soon as we started talking, it was like sober, I guess. Like he was yeah. like he was like, yeah, just so you know, like the park technically closes at eleven, so if you can leave, um, and like before the next person comes through mm-hmm. to check to see if anyone's here, like. It, there's no problem and so we just left <laughs> yeah um, see leo park ain't so bad but anyway uh i don't even remember what we we're talking about since we had that but uh i think we were talking about how you were like tr- picking people to train oh yeah. yeah also there's a caterpillar i think mm. over there big That's juicy a, boy. whoa it's big it's a fuzzy guy mm, probably a monarch or something rather i have no idea yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, just in case, like, someone from work listens, because it really has to do <laughs> with that. Yeah, but, that's um, fair, that's fair. Um, I think, um, I mean, we can move on from that, but I think the way that we used to do it, so, like, when I worked there, is, like, you know how there would be certain, like, leaders and stuff? Well, those leaders would have, or I guess the directors would have, like, maybe two or three people that showed effort in their job, like, that wanted to grow. Yeah. So I think you could do it that way if you well, wanted to. In in our, des- our our leadership structure is basically, I mean, it's a hierarchy where, mm-hmm. roughly speaking, you have like operator at the top, and then they have. Like, I think you've switched to like what our model looks like at my store now. I think so too, and I think it's because that's like the really popular version. Yeah. That a lot of Chick Fil A's adapt. Yeah. I don't have anything against it so far, but we haven't really gotten very far with it. But uh-huh. um, just because you know, it's only been a couple of months. The one thing that I think is really cool about that is like. So there's different levels of team members, which I think is great because you have to do evaluations and stuff. Um, some of them just seem like a hassle for like some people, but like everybody has to pass them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like after that, there's like team member trainer, and there's two levels of that that they have to pass, and then supervisor, mm-hmm. and then they have to do training supervisor, and then like a manager, mm. assistant manager. I don't think we have the training supervisor. I think we skip right to manager, but uh-huh. it's pretty much the same outside of that. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I mean under that structure, I have two people that would work. I hate saying beneath me. This uh, every I mean, time I have to describe it. So I mean, technically every everybody that yeah, is it's not just a sounds so like manager is underneath you. But <laughs> uh, so I, I pretty much know who those two people are gonna be. Uh-huh. But I also know that there's I'm gonna have to develop people. Yeah. Outside of that as well, because I mean my I think responsibilities you can, yeah, I think have you more can to do, do with. That. Um, just, it's uh, just like. When you're in the process, and maybe it looks like you're developing these people when you're outside the process, and then you develop other people while you're inside the process, so kind of giving them different jobs so that they can move up the ladder. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. Uh, So what are, like, some things that you think you could do? Was that the thing that you think you can do better, or? It's just something I'm, like, struggling with, I guess. Um, So you're just struggling with picking picking the people and like how to do that yeah I, I honestly i would have to sit down and really give it like a a lot of thought and uh-huh. probably write something <laughs> write some stuff down i got a book about <laughs> um good and bad uh my own personal maybe, like good maybe we'll uh, invite you back to the, sh- the show and get a part two <laughs> get a part what two. have you learned <laughs> i've got to study up hey i, I wrote my list <laughs> So basically, all the bad stuff is here, and, and then there's the good stuff, and it's just one thing. No, um, I think. What about yourself? So, what is? Well, first off, I want to I want to say what I think you did really well. Oh, okay. um, 
when yeah, when I was my, working. Butter with my roll. Because <laughs> I, when we were working, now you would be over me technically. Um, at least since I'm just still a supervisor. Oh okay. Um, but like I remember when we were working it's not together. <laughs> that's a whole different topic, <laughs> and I know we can't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Anyways, we're, we live in two different places. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Um, Makes a difference. Um. Uh, uh. Anyways, things that I thought you did really well when I was with you. Um. I thought you were really good, and it sounds like they put you in that place that you would excel at. Is I thought you were really good at following um, the rules, um, hmm. and that's something that I've always kind of like admired about you. Is like you're always now which is super cer- certain things you were like. So I remember playing hide and seek with you, which has nothing to do with this at all. Oh, but you're like, yes. you're this like, per- yeah. <laughs> you're like, so we have certain rules. Let's figure out the rules that we can bend. Yeah. And so like, yes, exactly. I remember that. And I was like, man, that's why it's ironic that I am like a rule follower. Yeah. So I think I like to find what, this is what I'd like to do. This is, this is like straight up my personality. Cause I've done this in a couple different. Well, it's just funny. Cause like I I implement that as a little bit as well. Now I like to study the rules really, really hard Mm -hmm. so that I can find exactly what loopholes are in the rules. And it's not always like, I'm not always like trying to do it maliciously, <laughs> but like at my old job, we had a uh, 401k plan thing, and I, I work it, it what like I worked in finance, so it was both for us, but also I was trying to like in, you know kind of investigate mm-hmm. it. So I read this like multi, it was probably like I don't know like 25 pages a document about our 401k plan we have set up at our location, and I went in and I highlighted like questions I had, things that were weird because I wanted to make the most of it. Uh-huh. And so I basically came to the conclusion that it was a terrible plan. And I was like, I came to our boss and I was like, hey, this plan is really bad. Like, there's all these rules that make it so it's inhibiting me from <laughs> doing something good, which is like, you know, investing and all yeah. that stuff. And he's like, yeah, you're right. We just can't really uh, afford the better plan because we're a smaller, you know, the number Fair of people. Enough, and and he, had a good, he had good points, but I was just like, that's an example of, yeah, I like to I like to understand the rules exactly to a T, so I can figure out how. Yeah, I can you know. I but I think that also makes you a good leader because like um, you can easily correct someone if they're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. um, and I think at least from my experience, like that doesn't happen everywhere, and so the more people we have like that, the better I think. Um, not just our work environment is going to be because everybody's doing the right thing, but then also like. Um, I think you can start excelling or really excelling at um, growing your business Yeah. Um, when everybody's doing the correct thing. Yeah, so part of it is like, if I don't trust what rules are in place, I probably won't follow them. Uh-huh. Because if I think something is stupid, I will not do it. So I, w- I was a very, uh, I, I don't follow authority particularly well. It's kind of how I was like in school and stuff too. I would Rebel. challenge. <laughs> I, I wasn't like an edgy kid or anything. I <laughs> no, just, he, he, I he just, really wasn't. <laughs> I would challenge professors and teachers and like ask questions, which they sometimes they would really love that. And so I'd be yeah, like, it, teachers that in some ways. Know. But in other ways, I'd be like, hey, why'd you do that? That's kind of dumb. <laughs> so, that, you know, there's two sides of that. But, um, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, I forget. Oh, so, so the rules for Chick-fil-A, like the standards that are in place... I, I've gotten to the point where, in general, I trust uh, why those rules are in place and mm-hmm. you know who set them up and things like that, because I've been around it enough to realize that 
there's a lot of thought that went into these yeah. like, procedures and stuff like that. There, maybe it's the case with other restaurants as well, but I feel like particularly Chick-fil-A has a lot of thought between the uh, behind those procedures. And so that's why, you know, I'm like, that's why I want to follow them is because it makes sense. So I have to know the why. Otherwise, I won't learn something. I won't get it. And I won't, you know, teach it to someone yeah. else. But once I get it, I'm like, yeah, let's it's, just follow It's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that, like, following, like, knowing the why. <laughs> Plot twist. I'm reading another book, too. Does it start um, with why by Simon no, Sinek or whatever? No, no, no. It's actually by the school's president or Southern Seminary's president, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary's president. Uh, Albert Muller, and it's called like convictional leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, uh, one of the things he talks about is people people start to care about, you know, uh, and following leadership when they know the why behind oh, doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's not just a, I told you so or this is how it has to be. It's yeah. like, well, this is actually why we yes. have this in place is because this will happen if it doesn't. That's why the, the like going back to the first question you asked about uh, like what makes good leadership and what makes a good leader and us, the 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 vision it has to be ex- it has to be bare bones. It has to be uh-huh. so clear that like anyone can understand it. I mean, uh-huh. that's why like politicians have like those simple slogans. Uh-huh. It's it's partly for marketing, but also it's you know. You want a simple point to get across, to get across, so that yeah. people will be drawn towards that, and you know that's how people get behind it. Is they don't have to read some sort of manifesto or something to. to <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not gonna read like a a twelve page expert of like why I think I should or why I should vote for this person or whatever. Like, if they can give yeah. me if they can, it's kind of like uh, which is kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like well, it's kind of like doing like a, or writing a sermon too. Like you have. Like a main idea that you're trying to draw out from like one thing, um, it's a little bit different. But like you want to simplify everything. You want to, you want to, yeah, you want to, you want to simplify as much as you can. Like what yeah. you're for. Um, so it's a, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, they were saying that um, explain the why, and because of that, you'll show you care because you know the why, mm-hmm. and then it actually gets other people to care as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like wow, that was pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I do that like some unconsciously, but I don't always do it, obviously. So yeah. it's good to read it. Yeah. But um, you asked me what what I think. So I'd yeah, be so good. what's like the style of your leadership, and then going alongside with that, like what's what's some ways you can uh, exercise that muscle of leadership by like you know what are your what are things that you do well, and then what are things that you kind of need to work on. It's kind of weird because. I always feel, I'm always told I have people following me, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is generally true, but then also, like, I have people, like, no, like, people actually really look up to you, like, mm-hmm. they told me this and stuff, which is always weird to hear for me, because I'm not, like, a words of affirmation. I don't know what to do with mm-hmm. that, um, but at the same time, it puts a lot of pressure on you, um, so yeah. I'm just, I think the thing that I do worst, or the thing I do the worst is actually think about it too much. Um, which I start to worry hmm. about messing up, and then of course, like no one does well under pressure, yeah. uh, at least that kind of pressure. Uh, it's not really a bad thing, I guess, but I think I worry too much about being someone that people can look up to. Do you think it slows down your decision-making process as a leader? I don't think so. Okay. I think my decision-making process as a leader is pretty. Um, Cause you don't seem like someone that is slow to make a decision. At least. Okay, so actually, it's kind of weird. So now that I'm working up front, 
the decisions I make up front seem like they're so slow compared to the ones in the back. So when I make a decision in the back, I can make it like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you do this. Like, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to do it. And this yeah. is why. When it's up front and like someone, part of the, like an ex- example is when someone comes up, like they just clock in and they're like, what do you want me to do? I don't know why, but that question always like makes me like blank. And I'm mm. just like, uh, and I'm looking around and you know how like Chick-fil-A, to do. Chick-fil-A is pretty much like a well-oiled machine to where it's like that you have this person doing this, this person doing yeah. this and you write it out and like you have uh, specific people in each position yeah. and then like, okay, well the next question is, do you have any breaks to run? Uh, and then like figuring out the process yeah, what from there. Done, what um, I don't know why, but like, especially when someone that is like either the same level as me or like is above me ask me like what they should be doing because you know how like they give you practice i'm just like well, shoot I'm, i don't I'm know that. i think it's probably a good idea I'm, I'm definitely guilty of being that person but i think it's probably a good idea to have like a proposition especially if you're like an experienced leader and you're, uh-huh. and you're there for someone else like you're yeah. not there to lead the shift it's someone else's um rodeo you, you should walk in and be like okay you know for or, or you could just ask what the situation is and mm-hmm. then in them telling you what's going on, you can probably pretty quickly figure out where. Yeah, it is. just depends on the person as well, because like some people are better at finding things to do than others. Yeah. Um, so like, if I clock in, I'm like looking around, like like you said, like oh, this needs done. Someone needs served up front. Like yeah. things need stocked. Like oh, someone needs to bag because you know how important bagging is. Mm-hmm. Um, things I do bad, I think. I think the thing that I do the worst at, and this is probably for everybody across the board when you really think about it, but I'm really bad at um, certain levels of communication, I think. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I think, because I'm an internal processor, so like when I think, I'm not thinking like with someone or yeah. like, I think of what needs done and then I say that that's, this needs done and I don't yeah. like go through the processes you should go through mm. when you know, something needs done or like telling other people that I'm having this person do it. I just kind of like tell them to do it. Yeah. And with doing that, since I'm not always the person that's leading the shift, it kind of like creates a, like a, Oh, well, where's this person? And I'm like, Oh, well, I told them to do this. Like, yeah. Oh, they should be doing this. And then just like, Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. Um, so it kind of is like, sometimes I have a really hard time about like stepping back into my place since I've had some, like a lot of authority at one time. Uh, like stepping back into like more of a supervisor role has been kind of hard for me in that that respect because it's like oh I can't you know just run the shift whenever I want hmm. um, which I don't do really you naturally think... feel like, like well the, I mean the like urge I, to run I know the shift? I know things like when I'm looking around in the back of house like I know I know what needs to be done yeah so it's like I look around and I see they're not done so I'm just naturally like oh well we need to get this done. So then it, like, naturally kicks in, like, we need to get this done. It's always on my mind. And then um, it just, like, acts as some sort of hindrance to me because it's, like, yeah. I know I'm conscious of it. And so, I don't know. Does it, like, put you in conflict with the person that's in charge? Um, well, since I've had time to think about it, not anymore. But at first it was kind of like, you know, why aren't we doing this? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. There, there, I mean, that can happen... I feel like that's not necessarily, like, that's not, like, my leadership. That's, like, other people's leadership. So I don't want to, like, hate too much on others. Like, everybody has their own leadership style, and I know I've said that before, but, like, mine is kind of, like, 
I'm really, I feel like I'm pretty good at observing things. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what to do with that. I, maybe <laughs> that's my strength. Like I'm really good at observing things. So I'm really yeah. good at like figuring out what needs done and how to do those things. I think similarly, but it's, it's, so I handle it a little bit differently, but I'm also, I, I'm not very, so me personally, I'll, I'll take, um, a while to make a decision. I need to know all the information first. I need all the data. I need to be 100% sure before I say something. And that can sometimes be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times it can be a bad thing. So there was a scenario one time where someone was like straight up yelling and they needed to it needed to end. Uh-huh. And so we had to basically shut it down. And I'm generally pretty patient. And so because I was being patient with this person, I didn't like immediately shut it down and make them just leave which i eventually did do but it took me too long it took me i well it's because we need to protect our team and when this person is is yelling at Mm -hmm. a different person i think i should have just immediately told him to like you know go home or, or, or just handled it a little bit differently and instead i kind of was watching and observing how it would play out first oh and well because i think there's also something naturally like inside you're just like i want to watch this and see how it goes i, I yeah but i don't think it was that really i don't i don't think not it was to make that. me sound like a no I, I understand <laughs> what you mean but i really do i i think i was like trying i knew i had to do something uh-huh and i was just trying to figure out what was going on first before i did something as bold as being like just you need to go home <laughs> and this was a while ago so this okay. is but uh yeah so that's yeah, I get, I get the. I don't know. I I also think that when you were talking about that part where leaders, uh, when you're working with other other leaders and they're probably doing it a little bit differently, and you know what needs to be done, it's like to give them some grace. They probably also have a list of stuff in their head that needs to get right. done, and it might be slightly different than yours. Uh-huh. And. I think that's that's why I really like working with. There's some leaders that I work with that we are all such like different personalities. Yeah. Between you know, there's JP and myself, Evie, um, my mom, my sister, even PJ, and hopefully I didn't forget anyone. Um, but that's like all the all the directors and like especially like someone like PJ who I work with all or sorry uh, JP who I work with all the time. He will like because we're so different. I think that we challenge each other, and we uh-huh. both get kind of frustrated with each other sometimes. Yeah. But it's also so easy to be close with that kind of person because we quickly, you know, forgive each other and work through it and figure it out. Well, I think also, makes you, us both yeah, better. I think you also just know, like, oh, he's not doing this from a like a malicious right. intent. I mean, we've both known each other so long that I I always felt like I worked really well with JP. Um, like we just kind of complimented each other basically with how yeah. we're working. It flowed really well. And I guess I, I feel like I do that with a lot of people. So, like, mm-hmm. just depending. I felt like I did that with you. Um, and then, like, if he just JP's ever saw anything I did wrong, he was just like, you, you can't do this. And I'll be like, okay, like, cool. Yeah. Like, now I know. Um, because, like, you know, people train you differently. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah we kind of, like, wear each other down in a good way, I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm <laughs> making that up, but I don't. I'm pretty sure he, he, if he was here, he'd be like, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, what are you, what do you, I mean, we've known each other for a while. So what do you think there are, what, 
what are some things that you good and bad things about your leadership? Yeah, what do you what do you think? What do you think I do um, wrong? I don't really need to hear the good. I don't know what I do good, but I don't need to know. So, I just want to work on myself, basically. Hmm. And again, like I get, we haven't worked with each other for a while, but <laughs> man, that's a. I'm having just as hard as a, of a time answering it on your behalf as myself. Um, He's a critical thinker, boys. Well, I mean, it goes back to, like, and I don't want to say something maybe. unless I'm 100% sure. No, yeah, I won't I get know. offended. <laughs> um, I mean, weirdly enough, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, what exactly you said was my good thing, which is, like, you sometimes, like, the leniency of rules... But I don't even think that's necessarily like. I like I never really thought about it before. As like, oh man, he's such a rule breaker. But I'm a rebel. Um. I don't know. We need to we need to do some homework and then come back and think about it. Maybe for part it. two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I wish I had a better answer, but I mean, I've seen you be a leader. Oh, you know, when I think of you in leadership position, I think less so of Chick-fil-A and more so of when, when we led a group together. That's fair. A small group. Okay. I um, felt like I always did terrible with that, though. I would well, always, because I felt like I would always put together a group, you know, have people come over and mm-hmm. stuff, but then, like, I mean, I would always, and you know this because I've, like, we've talked or whatever, like, outside of the group, and, mm-hmm. like, you knew my intentions of the group. We both, would, we <laughs> both, I, honestly, we both failed. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's the truth. We we, I, I did not think, and I'm sure you feel the same way. That I was in any position to lead a small group at that time. But I thought I w- I thought I was better at it than I thought. So like I thought when I would say like, hey, like let's actually do this. Yeah, people would listen. But I, I don't really know how I could have changed that. Like, how can I be more demanding without yeah. like hurting feelings or like yelling at them because you don't want to be the person that's domineering like and you produce like people that are compliant Mm. um you want you want people to still be themselves and you want people to still think of you yeah i mean you can create little soldiers but then those little soldiers later on will only they will apply all that vigor for their own or just they're like man he was a really bad leader i don't want to do a leadership thing so yeah, so we both kind of messed up, and I mean, if you put me in a group, I'm naturally drawn towards being the leader. It I would sound, agree with that. Without it sounding like, I don't think that sounds egotistical. It's just true. It's how, it's, it's where I'm drawn towards. So, that part like sort of made sense, but I don't know. It just felt so, like, what gives me the right to lead a group of people? in the discussion of something like at the time well one of them was like god's will or mm-hmm. something so yeah we we i feel like we kind of i mean i personally feel like i kind of like failed that group yeah. but it makes me feel really sad there were there were like two aspects to that group because i remember like when when people would like meet up with that group and like um I remember that we would always have, like, a discussion. And I know, like, some people were, like, trying to listen. Yeah. But, like, then you have some people that are just, like, really distracting. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, nothing productive is happening. And then eventually what would happen is we kind of just break off into two groups. And it's just yeah. me and you. And, like, that so, was it. So I think if I were to go back and do it again, 
I think it definitely could have been... I think now, knowing what I know now, I think we could have created an environment where everyone was together and uh-huh. there was discussion by, like, everyone. It wouldn't be easy because, I mean, it it wouldn't have been easy. No. <laughs> but, man, I just... I, I think a big problem was that... I mean, maybe we didn't... Maybe we weren't clairvoyant in what our mission was or our, our vision was mm-hmm. for the group. So that may have not helped. And, like, the communication was also, like... I don't know. I mean, we, we would... We were basically only leading by example, which uh-huh. sounds like a good thing, but out, outside of that, I mean, I personally feel like I wasn't doing much leadership other than trying to do, trying to be, like, a really good member of the group and trying to, you know, show them what it means to right. participate. Well, then uh, also, like, on the flip side, one thing that I know I could have done better at was, like, um, I, I mean, you know it, I know it, I like to have fun as well. Oh yeah. So me like too. I'm not I'm like I have a hard perfect. time. I have a hard time like shutting down like people like cuz I see they're having fun and like And I would sometimes I'll, be that person well, that wanted to have fun. You It's like on it's hard one to side, shut your best friend down yeah, so. That's true. Um well and then on the other hand it's like you know I, like I want to have fun too. Yeah. But then like at the end of the day like are we actually building relationships with each other if we're just having fun? Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the things that I had thought about that. It was like all those people that was in that group were my friends. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get to know them better. I wanted to get to know like how they think mm-hmm. with that also sharing how I think. Yeah. Um, and a, a book study is a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I pers- I think what you did better at than me in that group specifically was developing relationships because everybody in that group, group that we're, we keep mentioning i'm pretty sure you're still in touch with and you still talk to those there's people. yeah uh there are more so than others yeah i, I just, mean there's I a just, pretty small group I, so like. after we kind of ended i didn't really talk uh-huh. to, and you know it was just kind of i mean part of that is who your circles are too so like yeah. i mean let's face it we we basically live at chick-fil-a most of the time so like we're also older than everyone else that was there, that's true so that was that's true sort of a dividing factor we got, another, we got an Amish wagon coming by. Amish, Amish cop. He's got the spotlight. There you go. Dude, those things are... You can get like a $2,000 uh, one of those things and they get all decked out with the lights and stuff. Those Dude, are, it almost looks like there's no driver in that buggy. It's a headless horseman. Uh, no. <laughs> nah, we're in October now. We can't We can't joke about that too, type of stuff. Too spooky. Too, there's already too... a skeleton inside you. Oh, also, like, around my neighborhood... People have been putting up, like, red balloons just everywhere, like, around like storm a, drains and stuff. Like Pennywise the Clown? Yes. Oh. Like, I remember driving uh, to, like, the gas station because I had to get gas on Monday or something like that, and, like, there was just, like, a, a red balloon in the storm, like, tied See, to the storm drain. I wish I could say I was disgusted by that, but I love creepy stuff, so that just seems kind of Well, cool. I'm just not surprised by it. I was like, oh, look, <laughs> look at that. Yeah. <laughs> the world we live in. Um... Yeah, we need to start another group. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's. I I've I've been wanting to do that like with, so, with the well, people at Chick Fil A. So what I, is what are what are some things that you think you would do if you were to put a, together a group now? I guess that kind of um, that kind of like I think one thing is that I would introduce. Mm, so I mean I've, I put a little bit of fun to this before because I uh-huh. have wanted to like kind of lead a group of people, uh-huh. and 
it's really hard because every time I think about it, I'm like, you have to remove every little ounce of ego possible. Right. Well, and then it's because like, otherwise it'll just it will not work. <laughs> I think as well, especially when you're dealing with work people, you have to decide whether or not it's going to be a part of work or separate. Mm. So like, are you going to keep work out of this, mm. or are you going to keep work in this? Uh, because I feel like there's two different dynamics that you can have with that. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. Um, I don't think you can remove work from it. You don't <laughs> I mean, think so? if I think that there's someone that's from work, I think that it, work will be discussed at some point. That's fair. But I, I mean, I just I would just love to. I, I think there's so oh my gosh, we have such interesting people, young people. I mean, young men. I, I'm talking about the men in, in that work at Chick Fil A because you know it's. I'm not gonna. Yeah. You're a guy. You're gonna lead guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy. I want to lead guys because you know it's, we can relate. And, you know, there's an understanding. And there's, I, I wish I, I should probably tell them more often. But there are so, the younger leaders at work are so interesting and so capable. And it sounds really cheesy and corny, especially like to tell them in person. Because like, I mean, people tell them this all the time, whether or not they're telling the truth. I don't know, but they really do have so much potential. And I don't know if they realize like how capable they really are. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, I want you guys, like, you probably will be successful. I don't, I'm yeah. not really worried about that. But if you can, like, develop, you know, wisdom and, and you know, have a heart for God, you, oh my gosh, you'll be unstoppable. It'd be so, it's so exciting to think about. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I, that's like what I want to see. But um, trying to figure that out is... It's difficult, and of course there's, you know, there's doubts and fears and sin and pride and all those things that kind of want to wiggle their way in, so I think that's been a part of me trying to push that to the side and, and figure it out regardless, right. but I mean, it is hard. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, I mean, you mentioned pride, I think that's the biggest thing, is like, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's like, oh, he asked me to be a part of this group to like learn more leadership stuff like yeah i don't know how do you it's like I, it's that? like hey guys look at me i'm such a such a good leader Why not? and it's like of course no one's gonna say that but there's just like little phrases and i i know for me specifically i have to watch myself constantly really hard because those little phrases and stuff of pride i know for myself slip in all the time uh-huh. i'm a, i'm a super prideful person it's bad i never i so i feel like my pride comes across in like judging people for what they do. So like seeing someone do something and then be like, "Oh, he's not doing it." As your right. friend, like, I can tell you that that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm not gonna say like little phrases, but I'm gonna be like, "What is he doing?" Like, yeah. inside my brain, like secretly I'll, judging. <laughs> see, them. I'm the other side. I'll just talk about myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm great. <laughs> but yeah, but, but it's it just doesn't ever sound like that. It's more like nuance, where it's like you kind of. Um, <laughs> Look at me! I'm so great. <laughs> you you kind of like accidentally. No, you don't accidentally say it, but it's 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 in between the lines, and you got to be really careful with like how mm-hmm. you say things and things like that. But that's why I think my approach to if you know if this were to happen, well, hopefully someday it will happen, is my approach would be like right off the bat, I, I would try to be as vulnerable as possible, because it's really hard to be prideful when you're getting humbled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I remember... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. 
I'm going to bring up another book. Um, I'm, He's so wise. So I'm actually taking a leadership class right now at school, so that's why I have all these books in my mind. Mm. Um, so you came prepared. I was not. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just been something I've been thinking a lot yeah. about because of this class. And, um, and there are so many different ways to lead. There's not like – I mean, you could make the argument that there's one way to lead, but there are, like, tons of ways oh. to lead. So, like, um, at least ways that are successful – but um, trying to remember what you said. Um, Pride. It, it, well, no, he was talking about being vulnerable or Verona, Verona, vulnerable. <laughs> being Veronica. <laughs> so I remember spelling it out like this is. So the way I would say it in my head is like Verona, uh, vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable because or vulnerability because like I would misspell it all the time. By the end of the book, I'm a pro. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, being vulnerable is like one of those big steps. Those like big steps but little steps that mm-hmm. a lot of people miss and I think one of the reasons people will listen to you and actually like think you're a good leader is because you admit to having those faults as well yes um, so again it, it goes with pride um, you know you showing yourself I mean not acknowledging the fact that you're humble because again that's pride but like yeah. humbling yourself kind of like unknowingly like admitting you have those faults um and it works the same way with sin as well um but admitting that you have those faults and that you struggle too Mm -hmm. um there's a sense of like well we can be better together Mm -hmm. uh, type of thing and i think it's really um it builds a team really well Mm -hmm. um plus i think when you know more about that person um it makes you more compatible to work with as well that, that and, I mean, it also just builds trust. That's and it true. means that, you know, people feel, I mean, it's not always about being comfortable, but people will feel more comfortable, you know, sharing their own life experiences and, and things like that, which, yeah, it builds a camaraderie that yeah. kind of, it helps, you know. And, and what's crazy is people are so trusting that, like, if you just kind of sit there in silence or just let them talk, especially like young men, they have so much going on in their lives yeah. and people do not listen to them. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Like there's like, ah, man. Do you have something you want to share now? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm saying like if, I'm you, kidding, I'm if you basically just let people talk, they will just, they will, they will tell you things. And you'll, well, I think it's it crazy. starts, it starts like, um, if we're being really personal, it starts in the home. So like if they're not allowed to share their feelings at home because probably what's being modeled at least for men for generations is that you keep your feelings inside you mm-hmm. can't let them affect you so they're probably not talking to their dad about this stuff their dad probably never talks about their feelings so then that creates like the mirror effect you know how you like learn stuff from your parents so then mm-hmm. what are you going to do you're going to mirror your parents so yeah. you're not going to share those things as well um so then when you find someone that actually like is opening up as well it's kind of like when you're admitting sin and like someone else is like, wait, I struggle with that too. Like I can actually speak yeah. up about it. It kind of creates that trust that you were talking about to where it's like, oh, well, we can talk yeah. about this. <laughs> and I think where the, where the world oftentimes miss, misses it, at least I think in, in the generation we're in, uh-huh. is um, where biblical fellowship succeeds is how Sorry. The challenging one another and sort of building each other up where I think you have like a culture of like you know people are saying yeah you should talk about your feelings and people recognize that now but then like you talk about your feelings and it's like well 
you were kind of a jerk. Like, you know, it's hard to tell someone, like, hey, you know, you felt this way because you're prideful or, like, you felt, you know, or you were being... Yeah. Like, obviously, you're not going to just go out and say that. Like, uh-huh. Unless you're, like, really close to someone, you can just say that. But yeah. I feel I, like I, think I feel like you could tell me if I was a jerk. And I'd be okay oh, yeah, we it. can definitely do okay, that cool. to each other. <laughs> um, and I do. <laughs> um, he does. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's something that, that you know, like the, the world constantly does, misses the mark. I think that's where biblical fellowship succeeds is that, you know, we're challenging each other. So I'd, I'd really like to be a part of an environment where, you know, leading a group of people that can talk about things on a deeper level uh-huh. and not feel like they're being condemned and, you know, that they can be listened to and challenged where I don't want I don't want it to be like you come and you share, you know, your vulnerabilities and now I'm like, I kind of, you know, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of weird mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like, you know, there's a difference between condemnation and, you know, challenging. So uh-huh. I think it's like, oh, I hear you there. That's, you know, you should probably work on that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm and not sometimes the one that's going to condemn think, you. I think it's pretty easy also coming from more of a legalistic background because um, homeschoolers are pretty legalistic yeah it's i think that's one of the reasons i struggle with that in my leadership is like judging people is because Mm -hmm. like i was pretty i mean i was pretty legalistic in a lot of ways i probably still am Uh, but maybe that's just more of the reformed part of me coming out like i think that's super yeah i mean you know what i'm just gonna stop and let you uh, (laughs) now i'm like I, I was basically going to say, gonna say it, it's interesting how self-aware of that fact that you are because when we were first like when we were being friends and stuff like that that was like the the biggest it wasn't like a red flag because you know we were just dumb kids but that that was like the kid. biggest thing that I'd be like we'd be at a restaurant and I'd be like why like that's, like, that's kind of mean <laughs> but not I like, was also really weird um <laughs> But obviously you're better now. I'm not like I'm not like trying to just like I've let it all just, go. I'm a sinner now. <laughs> just throw you under the bus. But I mean, no, I'm aware of that, and I think well, and a you, lot I mean, of you're that... not the only one that comes from like the culture of like you know, uh, even like Baptists and and yeah, homeschooling so, and it's like a holier than thou kind of. Uh-huh. Oh you know, yeah, especially in the Baptist. Ooh. When you don't get to break the rules or you don't feel like you're allowed to have fun, your fun becomes. Making fun of the people that don't, you know, meet your sometimes arbitrary standards. I remember, I remember, uh... Whoa! There was... Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Dang, that guy, what the... It's a leafy bug? It's a leafy bug, yep. That's its scientific (laughs) name, leafy bug. Get the protein. You're not bugging anybody. Oh, you still did it there? (laughs) Okay. Is it a bug? Is it an insect? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I would judge people. Um, I think that also has, like... As I've grown up, I've realized uh, discernment plays a big role into it. So some people are more sensitive than others. And this has nothing to do with leadership mm-hmm. at all. But like, um, so like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't judge people for what they watch or what they don't watch or what they listen to or what they don't listen to just because like, I know my standards are different than yours probably on what it comes to watch or like listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we probably listen to the same music, so I'm not worried about that. But like, mm-hmm. no, we don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? We, we don't listen to the same music. I mean, we kind of do. Uh, Spotify told me we had a 68% match last really? year. Really? So. That's all 21 Pilots then. <laughs> 21 Pilots started listening to. I like, listen to a lot more secular music than you do, which is 
Which I'm not trying to say that to sound cool because it's more embarrassing than anything else. I mean, I've been listening to, I've been listening to a lot of pop. But I like, so. I mean, I like rap music and. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, That's what I listen to when I lift. I listen to, so I've recently, just to go completely off the rails. It's fine. <laughs> We're already got, off. We might as well keep chugging. I've gotten into music from like, ranging like the 1940s to 1960s. Cause as, like Elvis? I, as you know, actually, yeah. I so have, I have been listening to Elvis, too. <laughs> I actually don't really like Elvis. No, <laughs> I don't really I, like his music. No. I have several records because my grandma let me borrow them. Look at you. Um, yeah, you look at me. Good, so man. basically, because I'm like an edgy 14-year-old kid right now, uh, <laughs> I got a record player, and so I got a bunch of records and started listening to some stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to. And I like it, because now there's, like, some, like, artists like Glenn Campbell. I love Glenn Campbell. His music's awesome. It sounds, it's like story writing. It's like, it's like country music, but not bad. Because <laughs> I don't like country music. country, and I was like, nope. <laughs> well, it's like, he's, like, telling stories, or, uh-huh. you know, he's just got really good writing in his music, and, you know, sounds good, so. As long as it sounds like good, that. that's the biggest thing to me. It's like. Has to sound good. I, I don't want something that sounds bad. Yeah. That's, like, a, that's, that's a big problem with a lot of the the Christian contemporary music. Oh, yeah. Is it's like, okay, you know, you can you can say something that is true and biblical and things like that, but if it doesn't sound good, is that is that art? <laughs> like, I mean, the Bible in itself, a lot of a lot of it is mm-hmm. art. Like, you look at, well, like, and I was describing it, stuff, I was but. describing, because I've been asked, like, why do, why do I listen to secular music if I'm a Christian? Like, you know, why aren't you only listening to Christian? Because I'm pretty cr- critical when it comes to what critic, uh, what Christian music I listen to and what I would worship yeah. to in church. I mean, we know about that um, debacle or, like, I don't know, debate. Like, should we sing this band's songs in church? I'm pretty critical that way. So mm-hmm. people have been like, well, then why are you critical about, like, listening to pop or mm-hmm. whatever? And I think one of the reasons I'm not super critical is because I'm not trying to worship God when I sing those songs. Hmm. Um, and mostly I'm not singing those songs. I'm just listening to them. But then also like God did create humans and he created them to sing and worship him. So like there's a part or there's an aspect of art that looks like when a musician's really good, I can't help but not listen to them. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, all art is sort of broken in some way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no like perfect art. So it's like, if you if you put it on like, oh, there's secular music and then there's Christian music. Yeah. Well, that doesn't really make sense because there's a lot of secular music that probably has higher moral standards and you know a greater depth of thought than a lot of Christian music. And then there's a lot of Christian music that's like completely misses the mark on you yeah. know what what the point is, or you know maybe it's just completely idolizing the wrong thing. But uh-huh. Yeah, it's not. It's you could not go so on forever on this topic too. Like, yeah, I mean, we have. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. That's how you know. I'm just like, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, but part of me wonders if, like, when we talk about it in that way, I'm like, am I just making excuses? Like, yeah. am I just excusing the the fact like I just want to listen to certain music? And I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I am. Cause, Basically, cause I no. Like, I feel like I can tell the difference myself when I'm like listening to something and I'm like. There's a difference between, like, oh, this is good music, but it's got some bad words. But there's a difference between that and then listening to something, and you're like, it just, you can tell it's, it's all, you know, there's yeah, something yeah, there yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. like, this, I shouldn't be, like, I'd be embarrassed if 
you know, I saw someone, or if someone saw my Spotify, you know, yeah, yeah, listening yeah. to thing, like, I would be embarrassed if, well, I don't know, think Isaac yours is on, but I don't know. Because, like, I look at that all the time. Really? Yeah, because that's, that's one of the ways I discover new music, actually, is, like, I'll mm. see what other people are listening to, and I'll be like... My brother and sure, I, we don't really do it much anymore, but we used to, like, not intentionally, but we just kind of, every week or something, we would kind of be listening to music on our computers or whatever, and just listen to what we've added to each other's playlists in the last, you know, week yeah. or whatever. And probably about, like, 20 to 10% of it, we would be like, oh, I want to add that song because I like it. The rest of it, you know, we'd probably disagree with, but... That's so valuable to find like new music that you like that you wouldn't have otherwise found. I love. I think that. it's also hard just because a lot of stuff is trash these days. Oh yeah, yeah. Now we're now we're talking about like we're really old people because we like <laughs> music old just music. isn't good these days. I don't music think that's tr- I don't think that's true though. I think there's a lot of really great music being created today. I think there's a lot less that I but find it's just that I like. It's it's so saturated. Mm-hmm. We're like we have someone. It's available. It's out there, but you know, when well, I think there's also there's. There's the amount that's being outputted is so much too, yeah. Because uh, like basically everybody's a musician now, yeah. So like everybody's putting out music, and it's, <laughs> it's just like, like what it's... what's actually sounds real, like because you know there's like auto tune as well, yeah. And it's not as good, but it's like there's so much out there, and it's just so hard to like tune out the bad music. I think this applies to art in general, but when you have an ease of accessibility, when something becomes easier, it gives a lot of artists the avail. You know they can. Put mm-hmm. their art out, and it's like that's a which great is yeah, yeah 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 it's a good thing, but then it also you get all the the level of meh, of not so good stuff, you know. Yeah, and I think we're in a spot right now where it's mostly meh, yeah. or at least I don't like it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's really ignorant when people say like, "Oh, music just isn't as good nowadays as it was back then." I mean, you can, like, who doesn't say that though? Like, I don't, I don't particularly think music from my generation is better than any other generation. Of course, I have preference, but yeah. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it also makes sense that you like music that you grew up with a little bit more because there's probably a little bit more context. So it's like you can understand. It's like with Shakespeare. It's like some people, I mean, people will praise Shakespeare for being such a great writer, but it's like I don't know what he's talking about because I don't understand the context. I'm not, you know, there's so many degrees of separation there that, that and like, how am I supposed to enjoy that art when... His writing style is out of style. So it's like, okay, yeah. that's part of the issue there. It's like, I mean, part of the context is his writing style. So his writing, it just appears weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I reading in this like this? Like, why is he writing like this? We don't know because of how yeah. we read things. I personally believe, and I know a lot of people don't believe this at all, Ooh. that art, mm-hmm. in some way, you should be able to understand the purpose of what the like I think it can take some effort like maybe you have to read up on the artist just a little bit or maybe you have to like study the artwork in some way Mm -hmm. to figure it out but it shouldn't just be completely ambiguous like even abstract art can have like a purpose or sort of like a, a meaning behind it or something that's trying to be portrayed and so why do you why do you think that um you said something about how that's kind of like an opposite view of what other people. Oh, have. I think people just consider art like if you, like if you tell a kid, you know, if to draw something and they draw something, it's obviously going to look like trash, and then you put it on the wall, be like, oh, that's a, you know, in some ways, it's a piece of art. It's like, well, 
Not really. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but was that done with like a certain, you know, I don't know. And I, it's the best art to me is like something that's discoverable, but also mysterious. Mm-hmm. So it's like it almost takes you through a journey. Uh-huh. That's why, like, I listen when I listen to some music. When I have to re-listen to it over and over again, I don't get bored because the words create like a new like little. I'm like, what does that mean? Or you know, what if I, you know, what what is what does the uh, uh, artist mean by saying that? Or uh-huh. you know, and then you have to look at. And then if you're really interested, you look at their other artwork and you compare it like, oh, there's a common pattern. They use the phrase, you know, uh, they, maybe they use like common phrases. Like 21 Pilots, mm-hmm. Tyler Joseph will will use some like metaphors and things on repeat, which kind of clues you in. You're like, oh, well, he used it here in this context. So it probably means in this context, you know, or a similar thing. So it, it's like a it's like a puzzle, and you have to. Well, and I think I distinctly and remember, stuff. and you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you said like it also references back to his other works and stuff, and I think Twenty One Pilots does that a lot too, where it's like they reference themselves in other art art, art albums, mm-hmm. I guess is what it's called, but like, and then they kind of talk about how things have changed. So I think one of the things I'm thinking about is um, Vessel from Vessel to Blurry Face, like, I think they kind of do that a little bit. Um, I can't remember specifically, but if you remember, like, you can say it. Maybe it's the one prior to, maybe it's the title album and Vessel, but I don't remember which one it is, but, um, I remember them talking about that and, like, referencing Vessel or whichever album came before and, like, oh, this yeah. is not how I am before. I mean, there's like, stuff that they, like, they, they use a lot, like the, like the, um, like certain symbols and stuff like trees, eyelids. I love trees, by the way. Trees is that's great. That's a good good song. Um, that's like that's like the song that it's like I kind of want to feel edgy, <laughs> but I'm not like depressed type of song. I like yeah. that song a lot. It's like sort of hopeful too, which uh-huh. is kind of nice. It has well, like that's a, why I like it. It's, it's like, like an under like a depressing undertone, and then it's like oh, there's hope at the end, which is kind of like what a lot of like classical music sounds like. Well, I mean, I don't really I don't listen to that much classical. Well, yeah. Music, so classical music works um, kind of in the same way where it tells a story. Um, so you have, I mean, the easiest one to examine is like the season, Four Seasons by Vivaldi is like, number one, you have the seasons, so that kind of is like your story, mm-hmm. and then you like hear the different movements, and like, you know, there's parts where you feel sad, mm-hmm. okay, that's like, I don't know, uh, the winter, there's some sad yeah. parts, or fall, like when things are dying, there's sad parts, so it's kind of like that. See, I wish I could enjoy that stuff more. But the problem is, like, I don't hear it the same way as a lot of other people do. Like, uh, when it comes to jazz or classical, like, someone will play a, what's it called, a chord? Mm-hmm. Where they'll play a chord and, like, wow, that, you know, maybe that feels nostalgic. I'm like, something that doesn't feel nostalgic at all. Like, that feels a different way. So yeah. so then it's, like, if you have all these... You see that a lot more in blues music. So, like, right. jazz and stuff. So then... Oh, we got another ambulance going by. Maybe this is a dangerous town. <laughs> Maybe they have the girl with the backpack. Oh gosh, I hope she's safe. Um, but at least they found her. Maybe. Maybe. But so what was I saying? Um, shoot. You were you were talking about appreciating classical music. Yeah. So like it's that? like I I just can't understand. Um, I can't understand certain. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't click for me, so it's like, wow, this sounds beautiful. It's like, yeah, it sounds nice, but to me, my brain gets like, I will literally get irritable listening to like some jazz music, which sounds so 
<laughs> I don't know, high maintenance, but but I'll get like anxious because I can't pick up a sensible pattern and it doesn't just have to be something on repeat when I say pattern. I mean like there's no to, to me, I'm well, not. I'm yeah. not catching like some of those, what the like, theme is. Like, some of those no... like repetitive songs, like this. I hate this because it doesn't introduce anything new. Yeah, and it's just like the same thing. That's one of the reasons I'm like most rap I can't listen to because it it's the same beat over and over. Oh and my over gosh, and over that same again. that same uh, so like drum snare. So that while uses. while some rappers are really talented, it kind of gets mud mudded out through. Yeah. The same the beat production of the song, and it's just like I can't stand this anymore. Well, then I also so to be fair, I do believe that like I don't think art is objective, mm-hmm. because so so art you were trying to share some sort of message or experience or feeling or emotion or you know you're trying to share something, and it's um, done in sort of a. It's it's like if it were to take a book to explain something, but you can do it and put it on a on a on a painting. Mm-hmm. It's like that's really impressive. You're condensing a, a very complicated or complex message, you know. And there's little bits and pieces, and you can get closer to that message or, or what the author intended. Um, but it requires that knowledge. So I do think that like art is subjective because there is some there are some shared experiences that like the artist will have with the person viewing the art that make it so that they just have a they have a generally better understand like 21 pilots back to that again they're from the midwest just like something just as simple as that so that shared ex- experience kind of possibly i don't know this for sure but could give us maybe a little better insight into the message he's trying to portray or you know it's kind of funny cuz like also <laughs> um I haven't been listening to 21 Pilots as long as you have, and some would say probably I started listening when they got popular, so it's like, oh, he's just listening to pop. But what's funny is, like, I didn't even listen to, like, their new stuff. Like, I I pretty much just listened to Vessel, that's about it. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite album they have. I like the, the one prior to that as well, and I think the first song that you ever played for me, which is probably my favorite song from them still, is, like, Kitchen Sink. Hmm. Um... I like that song a lot. Um, nope. The first song I played to you was... The Air Begins to Feel Like Thing. I Begin. Is it from Vessel? Um, I Can Barely Feel a Smile Deep Inside Me. Uh, I can feel it. I can I can just By the way, he's singing it <laughs> to try and figure out which song it is. I think it was either ta- I think it was Taxi Cab. Which one is is that from? Uh, that was that's their title. Album, I don't right? remember. Honestly, I haven't listened to Twenty One Pilots in a really long time, hmm. so <laughs> I don't think it's because I got bored of it. My favorite song like, is uh, either Ode to Sleep or um, probably Migraine. I think mine Ode to Sleep is, is probably A Car, A Torch of Death. Mm-hmm. Because that whole mystery thing that I was talking about with art, there's a part in that song that I just can't for the life of me I cannot figure out. Like it makes no sense, and I'm like, either he just messed up and put something in there that doesn't make sense, which is unlike him, except for the newest album, <clears throat> or there's something I there that, that we that just don't. <laughs> which like that's what's cool about like Kitchen Sink is like that's like almost. I feel the, like that was the first song. You've... 
that song. That's the one that I actually remember. You're not supposed to know what Kitchen Sink is. Like, that's kind of like the fun of it. You're like, uh-huh. oh, you can only guess. Well, and I think that that kind of amplifies what you were saying earlier about how it is subjective. Because, mm-hmm. like, a kitchen sink to you is not a kitchen sink to me. Yeah. Our kitchen sinks are different, um, which I think is interesting. I've thought about that a lot, actually. Um, especially, like, I don't know, just when it comes to certain things like music yeah. and stuff. I just hate it when that's used as an excuse. It's like, well, all art is subjective, and, you know, you don't really, you know... Like, well, I mean, you were talking about preference, too, so, like, a lot of it is just that, too. There's also, like, a certain objective, like, like that post over there is not art. Like, there's no intentionality behind it. There's art no... <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, that's, in my opinion, that's dumb. <laughs> if someone said, well, like, I am pretty dumb. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't know. I think there's some level of object objectivity. Um, so basically, I think what you're describing is there's a standard of what is art and what is not art. Like there's I, I don't clearly really know what that standard there's is, clearly but. something that's like oh so like this gazebo is in a way art because there's some thought process that yeah. went behind it. Whereas that was like okay, this is literally just an object that is actually doing something useful. Yeah, and I mean, this is I'm like making up. This is just how I think about it. But I <laughs> like the what's good and bad art. Like, it is true that I can see something and I think it's bad art and someone else it's good art. Like, that's certainly the case. Like, that's it's a not subjective like, it's side, It's not like yeah. that is just bad art, but that's because of those shared experiences and all those things. But I do think that there is art that is just bad to everything because it's bad to everyone because it's just bad. <laughs> like, it's just not that, you know, well thought out or it doesn't mm-hmm. appeal to any sort of audience. Unless the person makes it for themselves. Which could be a thing, uh, but I don't know. But there's know. such a deep level of, like, connection between you know, just humanity on its own that in some ways, even if someone just makes art just for themselves and they don't think anyone's ever going to view it, there's some people that could look at it and be like, wow, that really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. So That's what this podcast is. It's art. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> it's me speaking to you. <laughs> it, this is basically one of the... <laughs> I didn't even mean to talk about this, but one of the reasons I have this is like, not just to get like my thoughts out there, because like, I journal quite a bit. And it's just like, well, I mean, I'm going to probably maybe reread this once. I'm never going to re-listen to this, probably. It's um, so long at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Uh, but, like, one of the reasons I wanted to You're make it You're cutting me like, out. You only play the parts that are your fault. Yeah, I'm basically cut. No, I would not do that. I would cut myself out and just, like, throw me away. Um, well, Are so, we actually recording? Yeah. Okay, that's good. That suck if this whole thing wasn't. Well, we Actually, that'd be it? fine. <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because we at least had a nice conversation. Oh yeah. Well, and that's one of the things is like, I didn't want to be held to a specific topic, and I kind of wanted to have more of like practical things that people always think about. So like, what leadership? Mm-hmm. We talked about you know different types of music. Like, those are things that might not seem like a big deal, but like. Again, most people experience those things. Mm-hmm. They just don't really think about it. Um, hmm, yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think that's incredibly helpful, and, like, maybe can someone can learn from it. Yeah, it's not very often. <laughs> if not, they can learn from our mistakes, and that's that's the best part. <laughs> it's not very often in, like, people's busy lives. Uh, well, I mean, even if it's not bas- busy, sometimes people don't want to do this, but to have just a deeper conversation about yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have lots of deep conversations, you get better at having them. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's like you can kind of skip the the parts that are 
I'm like, yeah, we already know that, or <laughs> whatever. And also, you just get better at, like, knowing yourself, because when you get to that level of, like, discussion... Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's also a part where it's, like... Um, and I like not doing these by myself, because I feel like that really is journaling at that point, where it's, like, I can mm-hmm. really only talk about myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I'm actually doing it with someone, it kind of has, like, some sort of feedback. So, like, I'll say an idea, and then, like, they'll be like, no, that's that's not how it works or like they'll yeah. give their perspective I'm like huh I never thought about that so in a way it's like some sort of philosophy it kind of just like, like adds fuel to both people it's like having two people there uh-huh. they're each like a catalyst for each other it's kind of like it's kind of like we're journaling to each other kind of at yeah. that point um, but that's like the biggest reason I wanted this but it's cool I, I think it's really I think it's a great way I hope it's almost like a to describe it as an excuse, but it's not an excuse. It's like a great way for us to have these discussions. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, we've had these multiple times. Yeah, we've. And had I'm just like, I'm just like, man. Imagine if we like, I I've wanted to start a podcast ever since like junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. However, like when we had those like groups that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like that was that same time. I'm like, I'm probably glad I didn't do that then. Um, I mean, maybe it'd be good to look back on. Maybe you'll look back on this discussion here and we'll, like roll our eyes in two years. Be like, wow, we were so. Like I said, you can do that. We're but so I'm not blind. listening to this ever again. <laughs> I think you say that, but maybe like give it a few years and you'll be like, this uh, is really interesting. I'll, I'll change my response. Actually, I will listen to the ones where there's other people because I'll focus on the other person and not myself. Hmm. I don't like listening to my voice, so like. Yeah, neither do I. Um. I hear all. The I think little, that's like, just a thing. Like everybody hates listening to themselves. I guess I, I hate hearing how bad I mis. I just did it. Mispronounce things. Hmm. My like I feel like I say like um. I just think I sound my weird. R's like like if you say like the. Um, well, you like can't ring, say that say, now. Everybody, say, everybody's say, gonna be like, oh, he did <laughs> instead it. of <laughs> instead of ring, I say wing, or like something like that. You know, like when you talk like a fourth grader or whatever. So, Maybe we're all just fourth graders. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I think. Do you have any finding or like final uh, final thoughts? Yeah. Well, uh, it's getting it's getting cold. The park was fun. It was exciting. We got to see yeah. some cop cars. Buggies. I'm about ready to chow down on these goldfish because I didn't want to chew on the mic. So. Hey, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that concludes episode four. Uh, thanks for joining my podcast, Josiah. You'll come back later. Hey, guess what? You have to come back later. Actually. Guess what? It is my pleasure. <laughs> I just dabbed. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. No, no, no. Hey, hey. So, basically, last thing before I go. I've started, like, dabbing a ton at, oh. at my work. Are you sure you want to share this, especially at the end? It makes people laugh, you know? Oh, okay. I'm one of those people that's like, you know, everybody's enjoying it. Maybe they're laughing at me, but I don't care. Like, whatever. <laughs> but at least they're laughing. Yeah, and I've actually gotten some people to do it back, which is like... <laughs> I'm a great leader. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, that's my leadership thing is start dabbing. And if other people start dabbing back, oh you're a great gosh. leader. Um, but that's episode four. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for having me on. Come back later. Uh, until then, this is it.